Welcome to Western New York Catholic Weekly, a production of the Office of Communications for the Catholic Diocese of Buffalo. Stay tuned as Greg Prince brings the Catholic newsmakers to you. Wherever it's happening in the diocese, you'll hear about it on Western New York Catholic Weekly. It is Communication Weekend here in the Diocese of Buffalo. It offers us an opportunity to say thank you to you for your generous support of the Catholic Communication Campaign each year in your parish. And we thank you again in advance for your support this year. And today's guest is kind of a follow-up to last week's program. If you were with us last week, we had our chairperson for the Catholic Communication Campaign this year. Our honorary chair was Father Duke Say, Jack, now our guest today, you might feel like you know already, and there's a good reason for that. You may have uh, had dinner with him every day or uh, sat down in the living room with him at night. You may have years ago um, had him in your car with you on the way to work, or you might have had lunch with him. It's our director of communications for the Diocese of Buffalo, George Rickert, and my boss, George. Welcome <laughs> to the program. Thank you, Greg. It's nice to be working. It's nice to be on the show, but n- nice to be working right down the hall from you and the great team we have here. <laughs> it's uh, a, 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 now normally you might remember. Now folks might remember back uh, uh, when Kevin Keenan had had started. You know, we had him on fairly soon in the process of of this, but it was so close to our communication campaign when you took over this year that we thought we'd, we'd uh, leave you in the leave you in the can for the uh, you know for the big weekend here for communications in our diocese. So that's. Fine. Uh, I, I have an idea what I'm doing now. So. <laughs> well, that is one of the pluses. Yeah. I mean, you kind of get your feet wet and uh, see what's going on. That's probably uh, something that uh, we want to learn a little bit about yourself and you know your background in in broadcasting. Maybe some of the folks people don't know about you, but. Uh, a good place to start might be right there. So you've had a couple of months on the job. Uh, what do you think? I like it. I like the people, especially the uh, the the whole mood and and the people. Everybody is so friendly and helpful and doing it for the right reasons. You know, we're here we're here in the Catholic Center working for the Church and working for God, and that that you can't underestimate. And it's hard to put into words, but that's what has struck me the most is just that it is a peaceful environment and uh, and, and one I'm really proud to be a part of. Well, it hasn't all been peaceful. <laughs> one of the first things people might have seen you doing was down at the yeah. cathedral when we had a fire. Uh, April Fool's Day, Friday morning, <laughs> uh, a fire breaks out at the cathedral. But um, I can say that it, that did not turn out to be as bad as first feared. You know, the, the fire department is required to come up with a, a quick possible damage estimate, and it's their job, and, and they, they do it pretty well. Um, and they accounted for possible ceiling damage, and it's uh, – uh, it, it looks as if we came out pretty well, damage-wise, that it won't be anywhere near the quarter-million-dollar estimate that that the fire department had, again, did a early estimate on. Um, but it's it's looking like the damage is not nearly as bad as we thought, and, and it looks like the ceiling should come out okay. Uh, so, I mean, just in general, I mean, you, you've probably done interviews like this before, but mm-hmm. – is this pretty much your first time on that side of the microphone? I don't mean on this program. I mean in yeah. your career, I guess, in your professional It probably life. is. Yeah. I, I really don't recall yeah. ever being interviewed at an you know an at-length radio show, and it is strange because yeah. I spent ten years in radio too, and uh, so it is a little different. 
<laughs> oh, well, tell us a little bit about that. Uh, yeah. Now, um, folks, let, let's go back because uh, that is where you started. Yeah. In, Started in radio. I I, uh, I actually, as a teenager, I wanted to be a DJ. So I went to Buff State planning on being a rock and roll DJ. Uh, Didn't that we all? Because that pretty cool for a teenager. <laughs> and uh, it just so happened my freshman – so I went to Buff State, which had a very good broadcasting program. And my freshman year at Buff State um, – uh, my next door neighbor happened to work at Channel Four and said, "Hey, do you want an internship at Channel Four? And I thought, "News, huh? That that could be pretty interesting." And so here I am, 19 years old, getting an internship at at News Four, and I loved it. And I I didn't leave. I mean, they had to kick me out after a year. I I wasn't even getting credit for it. I loved it so much, and so that sort of got me hooked on news. And I found that to be maybe more exciting than being a DJ. <laughs> and so that got me going on, uh, on news and I graduated from, from Buff State and uh, started working, well, a little before I graduated actually, an internship led to my first radio job as an airborne traffic reporter at WGR in 1988, WGR AM and 97 Rock actually. And that only lasted about four or five months and, and then uh, um, I was a news reporter then for WWKB Radio with Jim Fagan, one of my earliest, most memorable mentors, just a good man and a good newsman. And then I went to WEBR, and then I went to WBEN, where I spent five years and where most people heard me on the radio at BEN, a good five years there. And from BEN, I was able to go right down the hall and start at Channel 4 behind the scenes for about a year as an assignment editor on weekends and some nights. And the first opening they had for an on-air person, they gave me a crack at it. And, uh, and it worked well, I hope, for both of us. I, I, was, I feel very blessed that I never had to leave town. I mean, it's a dream to be on television news in your hometown, but a lot of times you have to go to a smaller market. And I, I really didn't want to leave. I have a big family and close ties here. So I, I felt fortunate that I was able to stay in town. Yeah, that is a one thing people don't often realize about media, whether it's radio or television, because we've had so many hometown folks on our stations and in our newspaper as well. I mean, in terms of print, a little bit different in in print a lot of the time, but um, you know, Buffalo is. Um, Solidly mid-market. We're still in many ways a small kind of market in terms of of media and and whatnot. But um, there's not always the opportunity, like you say, that you can be on a station like Channel 4 without starting in a much smaller place first. Right, right. And a lot of us – I mean Claudine Ewing did the same path and, and she's been very successful at Channel 2. Craig, Neg- Craig Negrelli uh, – uh, Lynn Dixon, you know, a lot of people just came straight from radio and, and were given that chance on TV. And Western New Yorkers appreciate a local face and voice, you know, somebody who grew up here. Yeah, yeah, that's very true. George Rickert is the Director of Communications for the Diocese of Buffalo. It is our communication weekend in the diocese, hence the connection there. I'm not just sucking up to my boss here on the Western <laughs> yeah. New York Catholic Weekly. But uh, we do want to take this opportunity to say thank you for all of your support of our Catholic communication campaign in your parishes each and every year. And so started in radio, moved to 
television. Um, we should probably talk a little bit about your, your early life. You're a Catholic boy, right, yeah. from Western New York? Yep. I, I grew up on Millicent Avenue in the Kensington Bailey section and went to St. James School and Parish uh, right on Bailey near Kensington. And then I went straight to St. Joe's Collegiate Institute for high school. Uh, all before Buff State. So, uh, yeah, and now I live down in Springville with my wife and two two teenagers. Oh, gosh. So uh, yeah. you, you've got to commute every day, right? <laughs> I do. And it's actually – and I'm used to that. I've been commuting that distance for 18 years uh, to Channel 4 or to here. So I uh, I don't mind the drive. I enjoy the drive through the Boston Hills, actually. Uh, are you an active Catholic, would you say? I, I mean, am. have you been active at your parish? I have. I've, uh, I'm a lector at uh, St. Al's Church in Springville and enjoying that. I've been a lector at uh, some of my earlier parishes in Lovejoy, St. Agnes, uh, in Lovejoy many years ago. And so, yes. Uh, yeah. Let me ask you the perennial question all good Catholic boys get asked at one point or another in their lifetime. Uh, did you ever think about priesthood or a vocation? Was that ever something that crossed your mind? Uh, very briefly, uh, and I, I kind of can remember when it was. It was Father Bill Bigelow um, at, at St. James who strongly encouraged me to think about it. And he said, because you have such a faithful family. And he was right. I, I was blessed to be you know raised in a, a Catholic family of seven, and I was the youngest, and I seemed to get the most love. I, I felt spoiled and I, I to this day uh, feel like, you know, my, the, the best gift my parents ever gave me was my brothers and sisters. And um, so, you know, he was he was right to at least put it in my head and it was in my head, but it didn't stay in my head too long. But I was, you know, flattered that that he would uh, think of me as as a consideration that way. And and uh, I give him credit for Putting it in my head. <laughs> uh, you could not possibly have known this, but uh, and it's why we don't script the shows before <laughs> we get behind the microphones. After that assignment at St. James, Father Bill Bigelow was made pastor at St. Michael's oh. Parish in Warsaw and had another conversation with another guy <laughs> your age who was thinking about going into radio wow. of, the, of the same thoughts. So we wow. share that in our uh, in our background. So uh, and, uh, and, he tried. He must yeah. have gotten somebody to be a priest. I and, and God bless them for what they do. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's I mean, and, and you know, our current vocation director will give a plug out to him, Father Andrew Larcel. I mean, that's one of the uh, really been a blessing working here is, is working with especially the priests and religious of the diocese. But we've had tremendous vocation directors here in this mm-hmm. diocese. I'm sure you're seeing that already on the job. Here. I am, and and I know that our July edition of the Western New York Catholic, uh, I'm going to be writing an article for that about about a new uh, campaign for. Uh, retired diocesan priests, and that's close to my heart, and that's something you can, our, our listeners can read about in the July Western New York Catholic. Uh, were there any other folks church-wise who maybe had an influence on your life that you can remember? Father Bob Wardinsky was was uh, a good influence. Uh, Father Ted Berg, you know, those three, uh, Bigelow, Berg, and, and Wardinsky were my earliest um, priests that I was altar boys for, and, and the late Monsignor John Zeitler. Uh, was a second cousin of my family and and sort of like one of my favorite uncles in a way because he was fun and vibrant and every year would host a mass at our family reunion and 
and uh, he married my wife and I. And some of some of the best days I can remember with my, were with Monsignor John Zeitler, who passed away uh, in mid January this year. So those those are the names that come to mind. Uh, we'll talk more about. Uh your career in, in broadcasting and, and about the new duties that you have here. We're going to take a short break here on Western New York Catholic Weekly, as we always do at this time. Our guest is our uh, new, still new, I guess, right? We'll say new, Director yep. of Communications for the Diocese of Buffalo, George Rickert, and we'll be right back. I'm Father Duke Zajac. I work as the chaplain at Sisters Hospital, and I know that people are always looking for some good news. And a Catholic communication campaign helps spread good news on a daily basis through televised masses and other programs that Daybreak TV, through the Western New York Catholic newspaper and website, through radio programs and podcasts. I've seen their tremendous work firsthand. And I encourage you to be generous June 11th and 12th. The Catholic Communication Campaign really is how good news gets around. Make your voice heard. There are thousands of Catholic New Yorkers who are working together for justice in our society, promoting the values important to our faith. Join the Catholic Action Network and speak out in support of the poor and vulnerable, the sick and elderly, the unborn, families and children. Sign up online at nyscatholic.org and click on Join the Network. That's nyscatholic.org. For more information, call the Office of Pro-Life Activities of the Diocese of Buffalo at 716-847-2205 and visit the New York State Catholic Conference's Legislative Action Center. Read alerts on important legislative issues and email your state representative. Stay informed and strengthen the Catholic voice in New York. You'll find it all at nyscatholic.org. That's nyscatholic.org. Thanks for joining us again this week on Western New York Catholic Weekly. I'm Greg Prince. Joining me is our Director of Communications, George Rickard. His first opportunity to come into the studio and be on the program and introduce himself to you. And also our first opportunity to say thank you for your support of the Catholic Communication Campaign each and every year. Uh, going on this weekend in parishes of the diocese and uh, – we thank you for all of your generous support. Communication Weekend, of course, gives us an opportunity maybe to blow our own horn a little bit here in the Office of Communications and tell you about some of the things that we do, really, though, all in service to the parishes and institutions of the diocese and to tell the story of the diocese. And we talked a little bit before the break, George, about your you know, your past church background, growing up Catholic, etc., Etc. Um, now you're kind of on the other side in your professional life. Are you surprised at, you know, just what it entails here at the Catholic Center? I am, and I'm impressed. Um, you know, I've only been here seven weeks, and I, you know, this this job came to my attention in January, and that's when I really started looking at at what the diocese does and what the diocesan communications department does, and you know, reading the Western New York Catholic. Uh, more thoroughly, let's say, in the last few months, I'm, you know, it's so much more than than whatever some may think it is. You know, it's not just prayers and and reflection. There's, uh, you know, this this recent issue has medical breakthroughs that are going on in Catholic health, our Catholic health system right now, and and you know, it reaches out to some of our. You know, some of our deacons are going across the world to to do mission work in Syria, and it's just, you know, it's it's opened up my mind to just how far-reaching the Catholic diocese is, and not not to mention Daybreak, which does some award-winning 
Uh, Daybreak Television, which is a wing of our communications department, does some award-winning television, uh, you know, a documentary, Building the Basilica, Building a Basilica, the story of Father Baker and OLV. That's being aired in other cities across the country because it's so good and because it's so inspiring. Same with, you know, some of their daily mass and reflection. That goes outside of Buffalo. So there's so much value here from the communications department that it, it's it's... It not only encompasses the good things that we do here, but the story gets out further than just Buffalo, and that's what's impressed me the most. Yeah, and that, that's another thing that in some ways you're, you're probably already familiar with, just the scope of mm-hmm. the diocese. Obviously, um, Buffalo being the major media market. Now, Rochester is right next door. So like when I grew up in Warsaw, we were actually a little more Rochester-centric than media-centric in terms of mm-hmm. TV and whatnot. My father worked at Kodak. So oh, we yeah. just kind of leaned that way. My mother, she grew up in Buffalo. So she always <laughs> wanted to watch, you know, Channel 7 or, yeah. you know, what uh, Channel 7 came in the best in Warsaw. So, that you know, we had some issues with the two hills, of course. Yeah. But, you know, the kind of scope of the diocese, radio may be a little bit different because obviously there's lots of local stations around western New York that that cover their own local markets, whether it's Jamestown where I grew up in Warsaw, Batavia, um, you know, Springville, mm-hmm. um, where you live now actually. Yeah. But um, I imagine in television, right, it was often a challenge. How do we tell the stories of people that aren't just right here in the Buffalo metro area? Yeah, yeah. And, and with television, we reached all the way down to the Pennsylvania line. Sure. So, and into Canada even. So. Right. right. Amazingly, Toronto, I mean, some people – you know, Miles Hairston, who worked for so many years at Channel 4, would say, you know, he could walk down the streets in Toronto and people would say, hey, Miles Hairston. <laughs> you know, it's, it really is. Uh, Channel 4 and 7 and 2 are far reaching. And But yeah, it's always more difficult to physically get to the stories that are an hour and a half away. Great stories, but, um, you know, it's always getting there is half the battle. So you try not to be too Buffalo-centric and... You know, honestly, the most memorable story of all my years in news reporting was from way down in Gowanda, which isn't that far. Right. <laughs> but I, sure. I had gone there repeatedly to cover the story of Sergeant James Hackamer, Army Sergeant James Hackamer, who lost both of his legs in a Humvee uh, accident fighting in Iraq. And uh, he he died twice on the battlefield that day. He clinically died, according to his doctors. And and I went into his home in Gowanda, and he told me the story of how he knows and swears that he, he, he saw heaven and hell that day. You know, he saw the light. He described it in great detail, not just seeing what he, what he thought to be heaven, but hell as well. And he described that as just going down what seemed like a, 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 rail, a railroad track, going into darkness, and there was screaming, and there was pain, and, and then suddenly seeing the light where he suddenly felt, you know, his hunger had went away, and just such a vivid description of that, and, and that stuck with me. Um, you know, not only the story, but then, you know, the way it ended so tragically three years later, he goes to Darien Lake, you know, he, he had this new lease on life in a wheelchair with no legs and, and was living life as fullest as he could and went to Darien Lake and, uh, and wasn't, you know, belted in the roller coaster well enough and died falling out of a roller coaster. I mean, just, uh, it's the makings of a movie and, and it's a true story, but what struck me the most was his, his description of heaven and hell and the faithful family that, you know, just 
gathered around him and made his new life work. Are you sensitive to um, obviously not just stories like that where, where somebody had such kind of a um, a moving experience and, and um, I, I guess really a, a supernatural experience, but um, when you go in as a reporter, TV, radio, it doesn't really matter. Um, are you sensitive to the fact that one, you know, okay, people might not believe this guy right. for one thing, right? Yeah. But also that um, of how this story is going to affect the audience that sees it, I guess. You do have to be aware of that. You can't just put it out there as this happened and he definitely saw heaven. You know, people, um, you know, many don't believe it. And so you do have to tell it that way, not with skepticism because – what I've found is that most of the viewers want to believe. You know, everybody wants an uplifting story of did he really see heaven? And that, that grabs everybody, whether you do believe or whether you don't believe. So it's, it's, it's good to tell a story like that. And, you know, I, I guess partly to answer your question, there, there's no concerted effort in the media to, to not believe. You know, there, I've never been told – you know, don't be so Catholic or don't be so, you know, you have to be objective. But there really was never any pressure on me to, you know, don't cover something or stay away from the Christian part of it. Uh, you know, there's enough, there's a lot of Catholics in Western New York and and a lot of them work in television news. And the ones who aren't Catholic realize that there's an even more Christians in Western New York. So, you know, it's, there. people want to believe and, and you know, the the media wants to tell a story that's encouraging like that. Uh, now, not every story is encouraging like that. There's mm -hmm. got to be some things yeah. over the years that were maybe difficult to cover or that yeah. you kind of thought, why are we giving this any attention at all? Or, and I'm not asking you to, you know, to yeah. name names or, well, no. you know, blow anyone Absolutely. in Absolutely, yeah. Like you know, the worst, the worst part was the sensational stories that, that I just sort of felt like we were – trying to make something out of nothing or just trying to chase the controversy. And, and that wasn't always very satisfying. And uh, an, another thing that I dreaded doing was knocking on doors of people who had lost a loved one in yeah. a crash or a murder. And it's and, and believe me, we never walked up there with a microphone and shoved it in their face, but we would politely try to offer the opportunity for them to share at least a photo of, of the victim with us. And, and what made it better is that at least half the time, somebody did want to share something. So for all the times that I got the door slammed in my face to get out of here and respect our privacy, I had just as many people after we did the story thanking us that it helped them to tell the story of the person they love. So that was not a fun part. But I'd say at least half the time, something good came out of it. Uh, you know, it's an interesting dynamic here in our Office of Communications because uh, you mentioned and, and the media is aware of it. There are a lot of Catholics working in media. You're covering a lot of stories that have some kind of Catholic connection, whether it's the people involved or it's at a church or whatever it might be. Uh, we end up with a lot of the – um, high-profile funerals right. here, you know, just by virtue of the number of, of Catholics in the area. And yeah, you run that – it's that fine line, isn't it, where, yeah. you know, how do you respect 
people's privacy, yet you know yeah. the media wants to right. tell their story. And I don't think I, I'm kind of like with you. I don't think it's a sensationalist thing all the time, and it's mm-hmm. it's more that you know people are interested because they care about they are. this. And you know? I think more and more the you know TV especially is 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 respecting the funerals. You know if 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 TV news stations know that they're not really welcome and that the family isn't going to talk to them at the funeral, they they tend to stay away. So yeah, it's you're right. There's you know a lot of uh, tragically a lot of the stories uh, that that make the news end up with a, a funeral in a Catholic church, and yeah, mm-hmm. that's just the way it. One of the one of the tough parts of the job, but also one of the uplifting parts. Yes. You know, I always tell people, you know, one of the things we're good at is Catholics are funerals. <laughs> you know, they, yep. you know, the there's it's a reason we have liturgy and and you know a, a ceremony and all of those things. It does make people kind of feel better. On, on a related note, I guess. So now you are here, right, as mm-hmm. part of our team here in in uh, the diocese and, and in our office of. Communication, so a fresh set of eyes, I guess, uh, both for us, but also for you in terms of of looking at all these different things. So, what are the things that excite you about the coming years? Well, the the fact that I can tell more good stories, you know, <laughs> more good stories, and I and I won't have to walk that fine line of being, you know, skeptical or objective. Necess- I mean, I still have to be objective, but it, it's it's a really a it's a breath of fresh air to work in a place with crosses on the wall and um, to work in a place where good stories come in that we can take our time and tell. The way they should be told, and and those stories end up at, in the churches themselves, you know, through Western New York Catholic or uh, through Daybreak or on the radio or our social media, our websites, uh, Facebook, Twitter. So, it it is it's really comforting to use some of the skills that I've learned of writing a news story, gathering a news story, and putting it out to a an audience of. Catholics, <laughs> and that's that's a great thing. Uh, well, we are certainly happy to have you on board here in our office of communications, and uh, it is you know I've said it a number of times, but I'll, I'll give you a chance as the director of communications to uh, do the same thing. Uh, it is communication weekend in the diocese of Buffalo. Your message to our listeners? My message is you know give what you can. It's uh, there's there's a lot of second collections, <laughs> and I realize that. But we uh, talk about all of them yeah, here on yeah. Western New York Catholic Weekly. <laughs> but uh, you know a lot of the things we talked about the you know the Western New York Catholic, the radio program, the the mass, uh, the the television mass that uh, for many in Western New York, that's the only mass they see. And uh, so there's so much that we do that is important to so many. And if you can find it in your heart to support the Catholic communications, that's the way the word gets out. And and one of the things that we're always trying to get better at communicating and to, to get better at using social media and the, you know, it's a changing it's it's a changing industry, and we have some plans to change with it. And you're going to be seeing those uh, over the next several several months and years. So uh, remember us in the in the weekly collection. 
George Rickert, Director of Communications for the Diocese of Buffalo. Thanks for spending some time with us today. Thank you. Uh, as always, you can hear our programs and find out more about what we do at buffalodiocese.org. And uh, if you go to the News tab or uh, click on Daybreak or the Western New York Catholic, you'll find out about all the efforts of our communication ministry here in the Diocese of Buffalo. And thanks again for your support and uh, downloading the podcasts and all those things. And we'll be back with you next week here on Western New York Catholic Weekly. I'm Father Duke Zajac. I work as the chaplain at Sisters Hospital, and I know that people are always looking for some good news. And a Catholic communication campaign helps spread good news on a daily basis through televised masses and other programs at Daybreak TV, through the Western New York Catholic newspaper and website, through radio programs and podcasts. I've seen their tremendous work firsthand. And I encourage you to be generous June 11th and 12th. The Catholic communication campaign really is how good news gets around. Make your voice heard. Join the Catholic Action Network and speak out in support of the poor and vulnerable, the sick and elderly, the unborn, families and children. Sign up online at nyscatholic.org and click on Join the Network. That's nyscatholic.org. And visit the New York State Catholic Conference's Legislative Action Center. Read alerts on important legislative issues and email your state representative. Stay informed and strengthen the Catholic voice in New York. You'll find it all at nyscatholic.org. That's nyscatholic.org. You've been listening to Western New York Catholic Weekly, produced by the Office of Communications for the Catholic Diocese of Buffalo, with the help of the Catholic Communication Campaign and this radio station. If you have a comment about this week's program or need more information about anything you hear on Western New York Catholic Weekly, call us at 847-8744 or send us an email to radio at buffalodiocese.org. Our email address again is radio at buffalodiocese.org or call 847-8744. You can visit the Western New York Catholic and the Diocese of Buffalo online at buffalodiocese.org. And be sure to join Greg Prince again next week for Western New York Catholic Weekly.